What's up and welcome to the Music Hustlers podcast, the show with real-world advice on how to take your band to the next level. My name is Kenny and I'll be your host. Today, I've got a good friend of mine, Brandon Kellum from American Standards. What's up, man? How are you? Doing good. How about yourself? I am I'm doing good, man. Thanks so much for being here. I'm really excited to have you. I'm excited to just chat and see what happens. I, you know, during the times we're in right now, I couldn't lie and say I was out doing something else, right? <laughs> And we are sitting in the CDC recommended space <laughs> yeah. part. Oh, yeah. We're Except definitely... for if you're watching the video, you know that's not true. <laughs> but for those listening to the audio, six feet. Six feet, six absolutely. Feet. We stayed, yeah. No, uh, no. We sound different with the masks on. That's yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. We should have worn masks. That would have made it. <laughs> that would have made it so much better. Cool, man. Um, so. Really what I, I wanted to talk to you about today is, I mean, I know I know you've been in the scene. I mean, you're wearing a Darkness Before Dawn t-shirt. I know you've been in this scene for a long time. And I just kind of wanted to talk to you about, like, how have you grown as a musician spending so much time in the music industry and just playing shows, being part of a band and all of that? Yeah, man. I, so my first show was in 2001. Oh, wow. At oh, okay. the Mason Jar. Oh, I remember uh, that place. Which is now the Rebel Lounge. Yeah, yeah. So literally almost 20 years yeah. doing this. <laughs> so if you would have asked me back then when I was in high school if I'd be doing this, you know, on the other side of 30, I probably wouldn't have thought I would be, you know. A lot's changed, man. I think uh, the biggest thing that's changed is, like, my perception of how I, like, how I approach the band. Like, I used to define myself by the band a lot. Yeah. Like, and I think everybody does that. Like, when you ask somebody, like, you know, tell me about yourself. They, they say where they work or, you know, if you have a hobby, what your hobby is. Yeah. And that was 100% me. Is like, the band was me. There was, like, no difference between me and the band. Yeah, you know? I feel that. And, like, so much of my happiness was dependent on how well the band was doing. So, yeah. also, when the band wasn't doing well, full frustration, frustration and stress, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, I think, over the last few years, I've... Uh, kind of separated myself from the band uh, in the sense that like I'm my own person I'm doing my own thing when the band works that's awesome but when, when it doesn't work I've got all this other stuff going on you know? yeah yeah I feel that and I, I think it's also changed my perception on other people too because I think there's so many people in the scene that I've known for 15 20 years I always think oh that's so-and-so from this band and that's so and if you looked at my phone like every person's name is like the city that I met them in or the band that they're in you know <laughs> Um, but like to think that like everybody's like more than just the hobby that they have, you know? Yeah. And that's made this whole thing so, uh, so much less stressful and it's just, it's easy now, you know, when it works, it works and we play shows and now, now we have a reason not, not to be as active because of quarantine, <laughs> but truly it's just because like, we don't feel like we have to be out there all the time like yeah. we used to. We used to accept every show we got offered and, yeah. uh, put ourselves out there as much as possible. Now it's like people come to us and we say, yeah, we want to do that or that's just not the right time. Yeah, I feel that. That's that's cool, man. Um, so how, uh, how has like go going from not or, or going from playing, you know, all the time to not playing as much? How has that really affected your like personal life? I'm so much more enjoyment, man. Like I, I've got time to do other stuff, yeah. you know. Because <laughs> like I mean, the whole hustle of this all is like it was literally a 24-hour thing. It was like nonstop responding to messages and reaching out to promoters and like just pushing the band all the time yeah. and it was every free moment I had was, I was consumed with the band which yeah. was great it gave me something to do that was productive instead of like you know playing video games or watching TV all day yeah. or something you know, nothing against that but like 
it gave me something to do, but at the same time, it, like I said, it's when you put all your your uh, happiness into one thing. Yeah, I feel it, it's just it's it's taxing, you know. Yeah. So now it's just like I said, we we play the shows that we want to play, and we don't feel like we have to accept every show. We don't have to accept some random bar show at some place we've never been to on yeah. a Tuesday night with bands <laughs> we've never heard of. You know. Yeah, I feel that. Um, although we love playing, it's like. The, the times that we do play now mean a lot more to us. Yeah. And I feel the same way about touring, man. Like, I, like, we used to tour a lot. Like, we, we actually, had, I think it was um, just maybe about a, six months ago or so, we got that notification on Bands in Town, the, the app where you put all your concerts and stuff like that for Concert Calendar. We played, like, our 400th show or something like that. Oh, nice. Uh, which is, like, 400 shows. It's just a shit ton of yeah. shows. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's a lot and of shows. And we used to go out there and tour for, you know, weeks at a time. And um, now it's just like, man, I love going out for, like, a week everything feels fresh and new, then yeah. right when you jump into like where it feels like a routine and it feels like a job, we dip out, we go back home, and we do our own thing, you know? <laughs> I feel that. I That's feel great. That. That's cool, man. So, all right, let's talk about tour then. Let's talk a little bit about uh, tour. What is, what's what's like your, your most exciting place that you've ever played? Uh, man, there's been a lot. And honestly, like some of the most exciting places were probably the the most like hole-in-the-wall cities we've never oh, heard yeah. of, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Like um, we played... Uh, our, we did a tour with our good friends in Steak Sauce Mustache uh, last year, and we played just so many random places. We played like a roller skating rink. Oh, we nice. played a uh, bicycle uh, shop. We played a pizza parlor. We played a Chinese food restaurant. Nice. So like all these places that like aren't typically met for shows, and those were some of the most fun shows. And they're on, ma- mainly in cities that we outside of like Seattle and Portland. They're mainly like small cities that we hadn't even heard of nor been to. Yeah. And those like I think those DIY like hole in the wall places are sometimes the best thing. Like, Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I I talk a lot about on this podcast I talk a lot about being DIY. So doing those, you know, DIY Yeah. Like, I remember one time I played in an arcade. Like it was Hell the yeah. coolest thing. We played on, on the bumper the bumper cars floor. Yeah. It was it was so much fun. And those but, are like really the memories that you make, right? Yeah, like absolutely. it's cool playing a big venue and everything, but it's like let's be honest, like we're in metal bands, playing a big <laughs> venue that holds like hundreds or thousands of people and having it like 20% full. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather play in the back of some Chinese food restaurant yeah. where kids are just raging on top yeah. of each other because there's Abs- no space. Absolutely. No, I, I feel that, man. I've played, uh, I played, I played this one place in Florida. I think it was Odessa, Florida. And it was like literally a garage about the size of this room. It, yeah. was, it was probably like five, ten feet you yeah. know, wide. And uh, five to ten feet. <laughs> it was like eight to ten feet. It's the size of this couch. Feet. Yeah, it was the size of that couch right there. But uh, no, it was a super small place. And, and like you're saying, people were just getting rowdy and, yeah. and all that. So I, I agree, man. Play and those are the people that are like into the music yeah. too. Like you, yeah. they come for not only the music, but they come for the community, which yeah. I think is a big thing too. Is like when when you play like we've we've kind of took this big swing where we started off for the first couple years playing with the same bands at the same venues over and over again and it was great because it was like this really tight community right so you'd see the same kids every show it'd be the same like 40 or 50 kids at every show uh, because they knew all the bands everybody knew each other and that was really cool but then we we took this big swing where we started getting offered a lot more national shows so we're playing with bands that like we looked up to you know bands that we've been listening to for 10 or 20 years and we realized that we weren't shit man like we would go (laughs) we'd go in front of these crowds and we've been a band for 10 years and not one person in this crowd really knew who we were, yeah. nor knew that we were from the city that they're from. <laughs> you know? So it's like when we're playing like for like Zayo and Every Time I Die and stuff like that, it's like you've got a crowd of hundreds of people and it's a huge, huge venue, but that community feel isn't there as much because yeah. these are people that like only go to the big shows at yeah. the big venues. Yeah. Whereas like when you play in like Odessa in a garage, yeah. like those kids have been to dozens of shows and yeah. they probably go out to shows every week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a much different vibe from when you're playing a huge venue and like 
lots of times when you're, especially when you're playing with those throwback bands, these are people that have to think about getting like a babysitter and stuff, yeah. and they don't know who the local bands are, and they're not going to go to your garage show the following yeah, week, you know? Yeah, no, I feel that. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's one thing that I like about, you know, the DIY nature is just like how dedicated people get, you know? Yeah. Um, cool. So let's, let's talk about like the vibe of your music, because you guys are Southern Metal, you're one of the... The, the fewer southern metal bands here in Arizona. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, you, you've been doing it for so long, and I'm just, like, I'm so impressed by how, like, how long American Standards has been able to, like, be, be relevant. Yeah, I don't know about relevant, but <laughs> <laughs> I think our relevancy peaked about eight years ago. <laughs> no, um, honestly, yeah, it's kind of funny, because I feel like the music that we play is music that we, we listened to back then, you know, when we started in... Uh, we first started talking in 2010, put out first album in 2011. Um, that was the music that we were listening to back then, and then it kind of fell off the scene, and now it's starting to come back. You got yeah, bands yeah. like Vane and Knock Loose and yeah. stuff, like that uh, metallic hardcore, whatever you want to call it, that's starting to pop off again. And yeah, it's like, yeah. we were we were there from the beginning there, all the way to, I mean, yeah. not the beginning, that was probably like the second wave, but yeah. we were there from back then, and now seeing it come back up, and everybody, like, that, that's another wild thing, is like playing some of these shows with these bands, like people will come up to us at the merch booth and be like oh you guys sound just like so and so and it's like a band i've never even heard of you know because <laughs> it's a band that's been around for like a year or something <laughs> but i'll listen to them like oh shit yeah this does sound like you know 1998 zeo or something <laughs> i feel that um cool so like what uh what inspires you like why why do you play that that kind of music um i don't know like i think i've always just kind of like the the fringe style of it like yeah. not in the mainstream like we're not a band that's for everybody by any means. Yeah. And we're not even a band that's for everybody that listens to metal or even <laughs> metalcore. It's like, there's going to be some people that listen to, I'm trying to think of like a relevant metalcore band. I don't know, Periphery or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some mainstream, bigger <laughs> band. Um, but people that listen to them, they listen to us and we might not be their cup of tea, right? Yeah. And, but I, I kind of like that because like, I think it goes back to the community. It means the people that are coming to the shows are just more dedicated and more about it. Yeah. So it's like, you, you kind of whittle it down, you know? It's like, I don't even, for the most part, I don't even tell people I'm in a band anymore. You know, if they don't know I'm in a band, I don't need to tell them I'm in a band because I know we're not going to be for most people. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> Especially like, when it comes to work and stuff. You know, <laughs> I'm not around the office like, yo, come check out my metal band because <laughs> I'm uh, going to scare away some yeah, people. You, you want to come watch me scream, <laughs> scream in your face? Yeah, so it's like, if you, like, that's why, like, kind of going back to, like, I don't define myself by the band. I think, like, I let people get to know me first. Yeah. And then if they listen to the band, they might like the band, they might not, that's fine. But I feel like if they listen to the band first, they already have a perception on me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, which I'm is good. kind of a different thing. Because, like, I think especially in heavy music, it's like, the perception of people that aren't into that when they hear a heavy band are like, oh, these, like, yeah. you know, whatever, Satan worshippers or something. <laughs> yeah. or these tough guys, you know, like, that just want to fight and stuff. It's like, that's the furthest from the truth. Yeah, like, yeah. If anything, when I see people crowd killing at our shows, I'll be like, I'll try to shut that stuff down, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel that, man. Um, that's cool. So let's. I a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to uh, Dipper. I don't know. About that guy. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I did not watch. Yeah, I don't know if you. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, as you know, he likes to talk about you. <laughs> Dipper's a great guy. <laughs> um, but he brought up uh, how how you've got so much stamina on stage, and I've seen it firsthand. Like you, you, you can kill it. You're you're Thanks, a wild bro. man on stage. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, do you do anything, like, to help you with that, or? Um, I don't think I used to, so, like, when I was younger, it just kind of came yeah. naturally, right? <laughs> I think there's, a, like, a sense of adrenaline. Like, yeah. You don't, like, I don't know if you get this when you're playing music, but it's, like, I feel like almost when I'm on stage, I don't even, 
I'm so in the moment yeah. that afterwards people will tell me about stuff that happened on stage. <laughs> like, oh, like when you did this or when Corey did this, and it's like, oh, really that happened? Or I'll watch a video, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, it's like, it's just that adrenaline yeah, that, I feel that pushes you through. Um, I do think now that, you know, like I said, I'm on the other side of 30, it's like, I, I am actively like eating better and trying to work out and things yeah. like that to uh, just not feel like a piece of shit afterwards. <laughs> and I also, I, I don't go as hard before the show because I used to like, especially like when I was doing the hostage situation, I was like, we would go as hard as possible before every show. And then when you're sweating out whiskey and beer yeah. <laughs> afterwards, you just feel like garbage, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's, I, I don't go as hard before the shows anymore. <laughs> you know, I'll have a couple Jack and Cokes, but like I'll maintain. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Um, Cool. So how do you, uh, how do you maintain your vocals? Like, do you? Uh, it's horribly. horribly? <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think honestly at this point I probably just scarred up the throat enough to, uh, <laughs> just for it to, to withhold it. But it's, um, I don't like, if you listen to it, like, I think most people like, it, it's interesting when I, when I like do guest tracks on people, like guest vocals on people's tracks and I actually see other screamers in the studio. Cause I'm like, dude, like you're screaming like lower than you're actually talking. Like, cause people, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do is you're yeah. supposed to hold it in and you know, Zen of screening and I, I don't do that at all. <laughs> so like, I am like feet away from the mic because that thing's clipping cause I'm yelling as loud as I possibly <laughs> oh. can. Ugh. Um, and I used to lose my voice a little more often, especially when we're out on the road and we're doing, you know, two or three weeks of shows in a row. Um, but now, yeah, it just, it holds up typically like normally the day like if it's during the daytime before the show like if i had a show the night before i'll be like a little worried because i'll get like i for some reason i don't know if this is just me thing but i know like when i if i try to do like ah, like do like a high low voice like that if i can't do that i know my voice is shot mm. and the day like the daytime before the show like i'll I'll try to test and be like all right how am i gonna be tonight and i there are times where i'm like i'm just not gonna pull this off yeah but going back to the adrenaline thing second you get on stage it's just seems to come naturally you know yeah yeah so. i feel that and i i agree man when you're when you're in the moment of the heat of the moment playing a show yeah. and you're you're you've got the crowd there you've got that you know it amps you up and makes you want to just yeah. kind of give your all every time and, and, and i'm just, i'm the same way man whenever i'm playing music i i absolutely tune out everything i'm just like yeah i give you know 110 percent. So. yeah and there's been i mean there's been times that i've tried to uh like go not go as hard when I yell, like to, just to yell the way I guess that they say you're supposed to yell. I don't really think you're supposed to yell at all, you know, but, <laughs> but like the technical side of yelling. And I, I've been in bands where I've done that, where you're doing like the fry screams and yeah. all that stuff like that. But um, I don't know, there's something about like with American standards, it just doesn't work for us, you know? Yeah. Me, it's just everything you hear is me giving it my all yeah, and yeah. yelling at the top of my lungs. And it's like, it's a different feel and it's a different energy than when you're holding it in, you know? Absolutely. And nothing against, because it, it works for a lot of bands. Some of my favorite bands do that. Like, they, yeah. they do, I mean, most of the bands that are on the road are doing that. Um, or you can listen from their first album to their later albums and you realize that they have to start doing that, you know? Yeah. But um, it's just that, yes, American Standards, just the energy needs, it needs to be full force all the time. And, and sometimes it is losing my voice. But <laughs> now, for the most part, I think it's just kind of put up with it, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Cool, man. Hell, I've even, I, I remember actually, uh, we did a show with, it was Rings of Saturn and Winds of Plague, and right before the show, I had to go to the doctors and get an upper endoscopy, where they put, you know, they stubbed the thing down your throat to, like, look oh, for yeah, yeah. vocal nodes and stuff like that, so I've been in that point where I'm like, dude, like, I might have seriously fucked up my voice, and then two hours later, I'm on stage screaming. <laughs>
<laughs> that's wild, man. That's <laughs> that's next level. But uh, luckily, I didn't have them. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, cool. So let's uh, let's segue a little bit. How do you how do you write your lyrics? Because I know I know your music's very raw. Yeah. And uh, I I was just kind of curious about that. Um, honestly, I have a notepad on my phone. I'm just constantly like putting down lines. So like, if you and I are having a conversation and like you say some kind of like phrase that just catches my ear I'm like oh that's kind of cool and I'll put it on the notepad and just yeah. you know let it uh, sit there for a while or if I'm watching a movie reading a book or something uh, I'm just constantly adding to that notepad I feel that and then uh, when it comes time time to write we typically Corey will have a couple riffs and Corey does like what I call riff soup he basically just writes dozens of riffs and then like kind of puts them out there and <laughs> I'm sitting here like saying okay we should repeat this and we should do this here and uh, once I vibe with that then I go back to that notepad and I say okay these kind of lines fit to it I'll take maybe out of, you know, hundreds of lines, two lines, and then just build off of that. Nice, so nice. So it's just whatever really fits the mood for me. I feel that, yeah. I uh, I seem, or I, I like to ask that question, because lyrics, lyrics are, you know, my thing. I, yeah. I, I'm a lyricist. I've written lyrics since I was like 12 years old. Yeah. Um, what do you, do you like, when you, tip, when you write, do you typically like to write, like, um, personal, like, stories or things that have happened to you, or do you write, like, off the wall like things that are you know concepts and stuff like that um i think everything up to anti-melody was more like socio-political it was more like looking outward yeah. uh, at like what was going on in the world and and more commentary on that and uh use a lot of like metaphor and satire in that um but then with anti-melody um right before or actually kind of during the process of writing that's when my father passed away and then our original guitarist cody committed suicide and uh, that Anti-Melody was the first album that we put out that was actually all like internal, all personal. Yeah. Um, I think maybe throughout, throughout like some of the other albums, there might have been a song here, there that was like sprinkled in that was personal, but for, for the most part, it was all looking outward. But since Anti-Melody um, and then into Weep and, and Phantom Limb, it's been very personal. Yeah, cool, man. Um, a question I wanted to ask you about too, or I forgot to ask you when we were talking about it. We'll edit it and make it sound like it fits in there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll just have one jump cut. cut. Pace, yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd, that'd be funny. Um, I wanted to ask you though, uh, so being a DIY tour band, um, what is like one lesson that you say that you've learned over and all that you're like, okay, this is, if I had it all to do it over again, this is how I would do it differently. Um, let's see, one lesson. I mean, if anything, you, you've got to like the people that you're in a band with yeah. or be able to tolerate them because the funny thing is like when you see like your friends and they're on the road on Instagram or Facebook or social media, whatever, uh, to keep this time, this will cut out the references because whatever <laughs> social media is next, you know, um, but you'll see them like, and it's always them doing this big grand thing, right? Like they're doing like, they're standing in front of those fucking dinosaurs in California or something, yeah, yeah. you know, they're, they're like, it, it's just snippets. And then they're playing the show, yeah. And, and it's like, wow, that's great! Like they they must be having so much fun. But the reality of tour is like, you're in a van for seventy eight hours a day, <laughs> driving to the venue, yeah. And then if you're not, if you don't enjoy the people that you're with, like it's that yeah. the show itself is like thirty minutes, you know, sometimes <laughs> less than that. It's the smallest part. So it's the part. smallest part of the day is actually playing music. <laughs> the biggest part of the day is like killing time between one show and the next yeah, show, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely that. Um, I mean, there, there's other, like, from a technical perspective, just, like, you know, 
bringing bringing extra stuff, you know, bringing a phone charger, bringing a car charger, those yeah, things, yeah. all those things are important and everything. But honestly, the the only thing that really matters is that like you enjoy the people that you're with, and you're doing it for the right reason. I mean, like if there's any lesson I've learned in the band, it's like, or with life at all, is like you have to get out of it what you're putting into it. And yeah. if you feel like you're putting too much into it and you're not getting what you want out of it, that's when you're gonna just give up and you're gonna yeah. get frustrated. You know, I, like I think that. that's why most bands like. I mean, the life cycle of a band is like a year or two. Yeah. <laughs> Most bands yeah, don't yeah. last past a couple of years, if even that. Yeah. And it's because like they have these like big ideas, like of like we're gonna get signed and then yeah. we're gonna be touring the world and we're making all this money. And it's like that doesn't happen. Man. Yeah. Especially like today, that that really doesn't happen very often yeah, at all. Yeah. So it's like you really have to have realistic um, expectations. And you've at the end of the day, you've got to like the people and you got to like what you're doing. Yeah. Because if all you expect is to be out there with your friends, then when you play a show to five people, that's five people, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Five people came to see yeah. us. Yeah. And you don't get bummed because like, oh, it wasn't a sold out venue, you know? I, I like that a lot. Realistic expectations, man. That's that's one thing that like, I feel like a lot of bands, when they're they're brand new or they're fresh, they, yeah. they, they have these grand ideas. They're like, oh man, I'm gonna tour, I'm gonna go across yeah. the world, all this, I'm gonna make all this money. But like, in reality, especially in heavy music, like yeah. it's, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not impossible to make a living off of it. It's not impossible yeah. to be successful in it by any means, but it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And and you have to, you know, be realistic about what you're expecting from, you know, it might be your first tour or something like yeah. that. And uh, you have to be, I like that, man. That, that think, really stuck with me. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, I think any band could make a living out of the band. Like, I don't... I. I mean, there might be some that can't, but I really think that any <laughs> band that's willing to put in the work and tour nonstop yeah. could probably make enough money to survive on the road. Yeah. But there's very few bands that when they come back from the road, if they've got a couple months of not touring, yeah. they're going to be able to like have yeah. enough money to survive. And that's yeah. even lo looking at any of those big bands like in metal or metalcore or anything, there's very few bands that could do that. That's why most of the guys have a side hustle. Yeah. They're, they're recording on the side, they're tattooing, they're doing whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, hell, even we uh, we played a few shows at, uh, with our Treyu a while back. We did like their, was it 15 years, something like that. Yeah. And um, even those guys, not to say they're super relevant now, but even those guys, how huge they were at one point, mm -hmm. point I mean, their drummer is still like doing drum lessons at every city they yeah. visit. They're like singers still tattooing in the back of the venue, like just to yeah. make some side money. Yeah. Because it's... I mean, it's almost impossible unless you're like a merch machine, you know, yeah, just selling merch yeah. nonstop yeah. to, to make enough money off the shows itself or streaming, like the point zero zero three of a penny you get for every stream. Yeah. I mean, hell, like we're, we get a Spotify check, I think, every month for like 25 bucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> you split that between the five guys. <laughs> we're not paying our car payments. <laughs> I feel that, man. Well, yeah, no, that's definitely... Uh... That's true, man. I talk I talk a lot about how how musicians there's so many options for side hustles and things like that that uh that every musician I believe if you're gonna be you know a touring band or be you know that type of band that it's a good idea to have some sort of side hustle and yeah. and that's uh that's interesting that you mentioned you know a band as big as a Treyu yeah. having um you know having that that uh yeah and bands that have been around for like I said. 10, 20 or more years. That's what, you're also seeing all these bands from like back in the days, like back in the like eighties, nineties and stuff that are out on the road again touring because they're yeah. not making money off yeah. their CDs like they used to. Yeah. So you've got to like play the shows to sell merch. Yeah. Off of those, you know? It's yeah. a it's true, a weird true. time. It's a yeah, that's true, man. And you gotta I mean, we've got all these bands that are doing reunion shows and all that, all these ninety, two thousand bands. Yeah. 
those um, are those are all the bands I feel like we're playing. Like we always get asked to play is always like you want to play this ten year reunion or fifteen year yeah, reunion. Yeah. And I mean, those are cool because, like I said, it's always like bands that we've looked up to. But at the end of the day, those aren't people that are really going to shows. Yeah. And it's also sometimes it it's I don't know if humbling is the right word, but it's interesting to hear their perspective because it is like guys that um they that's all they've done their whole life and they started in their teens or their 20s yeah and now they're 30 40 sometimes even older yeah and it's like well what else am i gonna do after i've done this for 20 <laughs> years you know unless they've got a side hustle to fall back on that's true man that's true and it's it's you know it's kind of hard to to create a retirement plan yeah off, off a metal band, <laughs> off a metal band. Yeah. especially for five different guys you know it's not like you got a 401k or something yeah. like that i sometimes feel jealous when i see like the uh um like people in like hip-hop and rap and like just solo <laughs> artists like all you gotta do is rely on yourself yeah. like you don't gotta get like we're recording this in the practice studio you don't gotta get five people to show up to a practice studio at the same time <laughs> and all be able to pitch in money and all have their own gear and stuff it's like it, that's very difficult you know so when i see people that have a solo like a side gig i'm like ah, oh, that'd be that'd be nice <laughs> i feel that man I feel <laughs> like i mean even i like typically i'm you know much earlier than I need to be to whatever we're doing. But even I was like five or 10 minutes late. So then <laughs> I have to, for my guys, I have to like, I go off the band time. So if we have to be here, like if we're doing a practice at like say 5 PM, it's like, yo, we got the practice space safe for 4 PM. <laughs> we really don't, but I need to make sure that they're there by five. <laughs> I feel that man. Feel and they'll roll in at like 4:55. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, definitely sometimes when we, when you have to rely on other people that's why that's why i talk about you know making and back to your point about making sure you like the guys that you're in a band with like you know if if uh if you fuck with the dudes you're you know everybody's uh gets along well and all that and you guys are on the same page then you're ultimately going to create something better than if you're you know just in a band together just because you want to be in a band yeah you know man that's that's very true there's a lot of people i feel like are just in a band because like you said, they want to be in a band. They have this idea that like the label, like a label is going to knock at their door yeah. and then the next day they're going to be huge, you know? Yeah. And I think you could see like, you could see that in a lot of bands, man. Like when you see them on stage, you can tell that they're, they're not into the music. They're yeah. just like, they're, especially always oh, a bass player. It seems like the bass player's just <laughs> along for the ride, man, you know? <laughs> he's just vibing, bro. <laughs> he's just like up there. It's like, do you have an opinion on what, like what we should write in this song or what we should do? It's like, nah, man, <laughs> just whatever. I'm just here, bro. Yeah. So it's like you, you really have to be passionate about it. And I think it's, it's rare. We don't have a lot of bands in Arizona that I see that like, where you can tell that it is like truly five guys or four guys are all on the same page or girls yeah. <laughs> that are on the, on the same page and that are like 100% in it. You know, you yeah. normally, normally it's one or two guys that are pulling all the weight and yeah. the other guys are just along for the ride. Yeah, no, I feel that in, and, uh, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be committed to it. You gotta love it 100%. If you want it to, you know, be something, if you want something out of it, then you have to, you have to love it. You know, you yeah. have to, you have to really be about it, man. Cool. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Cool. I, uh, I like to end every interview with one specific question. And, uh, I know that everything that we've said has nothing to do with what I'm about to ask you, but you know, all right, let's hear it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, all right. So, uh, if you had a piece of advice to give a new hustler out there, someone who's just trying to break into the music industry, a, a young blood, what would it be? Um, probably persistence. Just stay at it. Like there's so many times if it's a band or really any hobby, anything that you do that you're going to like get to a point where you feel like you want to quit and you need to push through that. And there's going to be something on the other side that's going to make it worth it. And if you don't believe that's the case, then you probably shouldn't be doing it to begin with. 
So like when I look at us for 10 years, there are so many times in that 10 years I was like, ah, this is a lot of stress, there's a lot of work, there's, you know, it's just not going the way I thought it would be. But we pushed through that and we've experienced so many cool things because of that. Um, So yeah, just keeping at it, whether it be persistence and keeping the band alive or keeping your hobby alive, or just in the style of music, you know, you can't be chasing like every trend that comes along. Yeah. So like there's, I mean, especially when you're playing, you know, on, on the road, you're gonna hear so many bands, you're like, oh, they're doing this and that's cool and that's cool. Like, get, gain influences, but don't just completely like abandon what you're doing for the next big trend. You gotta stick to like, you know, what what the core value of the band is, you know, or yeah. whatever you're doing. Yeah. So I think persistence is huge. Um, yeah, that'd be Persistence, it. absolutely, man. Push, push through it, and just keep going. You know? Yeah. Because, because being in a band can can be very hard. You know, yeah. it can be, and uh, sometimes you know you're gonna hate it. But being, being committed to it, being giving it everything, and being persistent will ultimately, yeah, get you something. And I mean, there's, I owe like, I would say, ninety nine percent of the people I like hang out with on a, a daily or weekly basis, I owe to the band. And, and most of my experiences in my life have been because of the band. Like, there's no reason for me to be in, like, whatever random city in Kentucky or something like that, <laughs> you know? But it's, I visited so many places because of the band, and I met so many people because of the band. I mean, Dipper's a great example. Like, yeah. met him through doing the band thing, and, you know, th- these are people that, like, even long after the band, whenever we, you know, stop playing shows or whatever it is, I, these people will still be in my life yeah. and I'll still have these experiences yeah. because of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that, man. Yeah, you develop relationships, you know, you yeah. become friends. I have lifelong friends that I met through music. So yeah. it's like, you know, I, I definitely like that aspect of it. Cool, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, this has been for, awesome. Thanks for, for having me. Hanging out now we get to jam out to these bands here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, peep in there and say hi to Aaron. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Aaron from the AZ Local Shout thing. out to Shout Aaron out. from the AZ. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I was actually watching the None to No One one right before you showed up. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Are they in here today? Or? Yeah, yeah, they were in here, uh, I think, at 2 o'clock. Yeah. So an hour ago. Cool, but uh, we've cool, we actually we've played in here quite a bit too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, we, I've I've practiced in this room so many times. Yeah, we went from uh, Francisco Studios, where oh, we yeah. had a space for a couple years, um, to just bouncing around. Since we're like, honestly, we don't practice as often as we yeah, used to. Maybe it shows, no. <laughs> but but we also been playing some of these songs for ten years. <laughs> so um, so yeah, we do the hour of the spaces now. We'll do yeah. it here or like uh, Perfect Timing or yeah. SER. So nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I used to I used to have a space at Francisco's, and I've I've practiced at SER. Yeah, SCR is really nice too. Oh, yeah. I mean, now I know it's competing here. I don't know if you're sponsored by uh, <laughs> no, no. Band Oasis. Band Oasis is, is cool. This is that's where my studio is. Yeah. <laughs> not trying to shout, shout out. out the competitors. Shout out everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Get that sponsorship money. Get that sponsorship. Cool man. Um, so the band where what? A, oh yeah. Oh, dude, bands. I thought you were going for a magic <laughs> there. Now it's just an awkward mode. Gotta go. <laughs> hey, COVID man. Yeah. Well, edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what the the band? What's your social medias? Uh, pretty much everything slash American Standards. Um, American I think standards. with the exception of Twitter, because the name was too long, we had to take out some vowels or something. But um, <laughs> but yeah, everything: Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. And you you get, you're on all the streaming platforms, Spotify. Oh yeah, yeah, we're on pretty much everything. Honestly, I I, I would be hard pressed to say you can't put a slash at the end of what, any website and find American Standards. <laughs> like that's. We're pretty much on it all. <laughs> sick, sick, man. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Yep. It's, it's been real. Yeah, this is awesome.
Hustlers, thanks so much for hanging out with me and Brandon as we talked about having persistence, loving what you do, and being committed to it. It's been a pleasure. Uh, if you want to check me out on Instagram, you can go to at the Kenny Ferris. You can also follow the Music Hustlers podcast both on Instagram and Facebook at Music Hustlers Podcast. It's been real. We're out of here. Peace. Later.